Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Grab your Bible, please, and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. Psalms, chapter 1. We're going to begin a series today called Grow. This is something the Lord has been putting into me for quite some time now, and He gave me the go-ahead this past week to go ahead and get started on it. So we're going to start talking about growing in God. There's many directions that we could go in this series, but I want us to focus on growing whole. I want us to focus on growing into completion, which is a place of peace, a place of wholeness, a place of fulfillment in every area of our life. And in order to completely cover this broad topic, we have to focus on the whole man, which is our body, our soul, and our spirit. So we're going to be talking over the next few weeks on what the Bible says about our body, about our soul, and about our spirit. Today, we're going to begin in Psalms chapter 1 and talk about divine alignment, divine alignment. And really what we're going to be talking about is how to develop godly character and how to protect godly character. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to get into your word. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you would just flow into this congregation, that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate the word of God, that you would touch the ears of the hearers to hear the hearts to receive and that our understanding would be enlightened. We give you praise for that, Lord, and we make ourselves available for your word deposit into our life today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Psalms chapter 1, verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We're going to begin today in the first word, with the first word, of the first verse of the first chapter of the book of Psalms, which says, blessed. Now, that word blessed means empowered to prosper. Now, I want us to understand right in the very beginning that when we talk about prosperity, we're not talking just about finances. We're talking about living a fulfilled life. We're talking about peace. We're talking about wholeness. We're talking about every single area of our life being filled up with God. So that's what I mean when I talk about prosperity. How many of you want God to give you as much of Him as you can stand? Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't that be great? So this is what we're talking about. So when the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not or walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, Albert Barnes' commentary described this phrase like this. He said, The general sentiment here is that the man referred to is not the companion of wicked men. 
So when the Bible says that we are to walk not, in fact, everybody just shout not. not. When the Bible says that we are to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, what the Bible is teaching us is that we are not to be the companion of wicked men or wicked people. So some people ask me, they would probably ask me, well, pastor, what is a wicked person? I would say this in very broad terms. A wicked person is someone who works contrary to what God is doing. I would say that a wicked person is someone who not only would not receive the word of God, but they would try to degrade or demote or push the word of God away, or not just the word of God, but also the work of God. So that's wickedness, okay? So the Bible said if we want to be blessed, if we want to be empowered to prosper, then the Bible says that we are to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Then the second criteria for this divine alignment, character building, is this, that we are not to stand in the way of sinners. Now this means that we do not take part in their actions. It also means that we do not follow their same moral paths. There is an effort in the society in which we live right here in the United States of America today to redefine biblical morality. And I think it's important that Christians stand up for what God's Word says. I'm not talking about the opinion of a man. It's pretty simple. You just open up the Bible and whatever God's Word says, that becomes the moral thermometer of your life. And so we live our lives based on the principles of God's Word, accepting and adopting and adapting ourselves to the morals of God's Word. We go in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 18 says this. It says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Verse number 15 says, Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. So really what the Word of God was telling us is just go a totally different direction than immoral people do, than immoral men. And then verse number 16 begins to describe a little bit about these kinds of people. It says, For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away, unless they have caused some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. These are immoral people. These are sinners. Verse number 18, the Bible says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So what the Lord is telling us is that we are not to be influenced by the way of sinners. We are not to be influenced by immorality, but we are to become the shining light in the dark rooms where people are hopeless and hurting and have questions about their lives. Listen, Jesus put it like this. He said, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but under, on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all them that are in the house. And then he goes on and he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You take that scripture and you parallel it with, with verse number 18 of Proverbs chapter 4 where the Bible says, But the path of the just is as the shining light 
that shineth more and more under the perfect day, and we see what the goal of God is. The goal of God is to get the Word of God into the earth today. The way that God does that is through conduits. And we are the conduits of God's Word. We are the conduits of God's anointing. We are the conduits of God's blessing in the earth today. And the way that God chooses to bring this to us is through the enlightenment of the Word of God. And we can't do it if we're standing in the way of sinners. And then the Bible says in this character thing that we're talking about, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now this is something, we quote the scripture and we just pass over it. This past week I was going along, I was studying this, I knew I was going to be ministering and preparing it, so I was just preparing and working on it throughout the week and uh, Saturday I got together and tried to pull everything together and and uh, I guess it was about Thursday, the Lord just began to, you know, make that sit in the seat of the scornful thing just start flashing. You know what I mean? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him just becomes enlightened. That piece of, of Scripture just becomes enlightened. And I began to think, what does that really mean when the Bible says to sit in the seat of the scornful? Because I know that I've quoted this Scripture many times. I've heard many people quote this Scripture, but they just go on or sits in the seat of the scornful and they just pass right on over it. Well, the Bible says that if we're going to be blessed, we're not to sit in the seat of the scornful. So I begin to look at it. Scornful is contemptuous, disdainful, entertaining, scorn, insolent, or get this, acting in defiance or disregard. A lost person, a sinner, a religious person who doesn't know God will scorn people who love God and work, God, work with God and allow God to flow through them. That means they will become disdainful of them and they will disregard them. Scornful people are competitive people. Competition leads to scorn. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 22, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 8 says this, Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. The Believer's Bible Commentary addresses this passage and this little thing about scorning like this. It says, Scornful people create turmoil by arousing tempers, agitating the people, and creating divisions. Wise men seek to avert discord and promote peace. So what this passage of Scripture is telling us is if we want to have the blessing of God upon our life, then we are not to give ourselves to the counsel of the ungodly, we are not to stand in the way of sinners, and we are to not to sit in the seat of the scornful. And then it goes on, and here's what I like. It goes on and tells us what we need to do. First of all, we know that if we're not supposed to sit in the council of ungodly people, that we should sit in the council of godly people, right? I mean, that's just kind of a give-in. And then the Bible says here, not only are we to do that, but when the Bible says that we're to not stand in the way of sinners, then what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to stand in the way of saints. We're supposed to be Christians, Christians, you know, Christians. The Bible said they were first called Christians at Antioch. 
The first part of Christian is Christ. They called them Christians because of Jesus Christ. And so we're supposed to stand in the way of saints. And then if the Bible says here that we're not supposed to sit in the seat of the scornful, then what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to sit in the seat of those who promote peace. That's what the scripture teaches. It's what the word of God says. And then it goes on in verse number 2 says, But his delight, this is the blessed man, this is the prosperous man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now this scripture right here is where we get the title of this message from divine alignment. Because the law, what the law did was it created or provided an alignment, a proper alignment that would attract the favor and the interaction of God with the people. So when the Bible said, if I delight myself in the law of the Lord, that the Bible said, delight myself in the law of the Lord and in His law, if I meditate day and night, that I can be a prosperous man. Now let me say something about the law. Some people say, well, that's Old Testament. That's not... No, let me tell you, Jesus did not come to destroy the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. That means Jesus came to fill it up. He came to finish the law. Now let me teach you something about the law, okay? Jesus did not do away with the law because there were too many things in the law that are applicable today. What Jesus did was He came to be the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world to obtain eternal redemption for you and I. So what Jesus did was He came to get rid of the ordinances and those types of customs to become the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world to satisfy and finish the law so that every promise in the Old Testament that God said we can have can come to us without the slaying of another lamb, oxen, or turtle dove. Don't toss the Old Testament out. The Old Testament is still relevant today because Jesus fulfilled the law. Now, that's good teaching. His delight's in the law of the Lord. Why was the blessed man's delight in the law of the Lord? Because he knew that God was a God of covenant. And he knew that the law provided information to him that would help him better understand the heart and the ways of God. The law teaches us about God. The law teaches us that God hates sin. The law teaches us that God loves sacrifice. The law teaches us that, that God always provides a way when there seems to be no way. The law teaches us the atonement, how that God has a desire to be atoned with man, to be at one with man. That's what the law teaches us. The law teaches us the power and the principle of redemption. And so God is a God of covenant, and the reason the prosperous man was delighting in the law of God was because he realized that the law provided proper alignment to him to be able to attract the favor and the interaction of God in his life. Proverbs chapter 40, not Proverbs, Psalms chapter 40 and verse number 8 says this, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Psalms chapter 119 verses 47 through 48 says this, And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments 
which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statues. How many of you love the Word of God? I mean, you are in love with the Word of God. You cannot be a blessed man or a blessed woman of God if you are not in love with the Word of God. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse number 16. I love this. I love this. It says, Thy words or your words were found and I ate them. Your words were found and I ate them. I told him in the first service, if it wouldn't have appeared sacrilegious, I would have just tore a couple of pages out of this Bible and just ate them to make the point. Jeremiah said, your words were found and I ate them. And look at the result of that. And your words were to me a joy and the rejoicing of my heart. This is what happens when you consume the Word of God. This is what happens when you ingest the Word of God. This because when the Word of God starts to digest in you, it brings joy. When the Word of God starts to work inside of you, it brings rejoicing into your heart. People that are upset all the time, people that are angry all the time, people that don't have any joy in their life, it's because they're not getting a steady diet of the Word of God. Listen, I will teach you the Word of God. You come here on Sunday mornings, you're going to get probably more of the Word on Sunday morning than you'll get all month long anywhere else. In this area, I mean. The reason is because God has made me a word teacher and a word preacher. And you come here, that's what you're going to get. Not my opinions, you're going to get the word. And it's going to cause you to grow. In fact, it's my goal to get you so fat in the word you can't hardly move. I want you to, I want you to be so fat you waddle. I do. I want you to get so pregnant with the word of God that all you do is birth purpose all day long. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, what, that's the goal. I just want to get you full of the Word of God. I want you to get the Word. Your Word was found and I ate them. Come on, somebody say, mm, nom, 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 nom. It's a Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the book of Psalms, the Bible talks about it being like honey in my mouth. How many like honey? Ooh, honey, do I like honey? I like honey. All right, now listen. Your words were found and I ate them and your words were to me a joy. And the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name. The more of God's word that you get inside of you, the clearer your identity with God becomes. It says, I am called by your name. The revelation of who God is and the revelation of who you are and that relationship becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and the more of God's word that you get inside of you, the more anointing you realize that you have, the more authority you realize you have. That's why the devil is constantly trying to keep you out of the word of God. You need to be in the Word on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday too, not just Sunday. You need to be in the Word of God all day long. What if all you did was eat on Sunday physically? You'd get sick and die, wouldn't you? You'd get sick and die. Well, why do you think that Sunday is just enough? It's not enough. You've got to eat the Word of God. You've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to let the Word of God get inside of you and get your spirit full of the Word of God. And the Bible said that the prosperous man will do this. And then the Bible said in God's law, this man meditates day and night. That word meditate means to mutter. That means you keep the word of God working. Psalms 119 verses 97 through 99 in the Amplified Bible says this. Oh, how I love your law. There's a whole lot of love going on for the word of God in these passages, isn't there? He said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies 
for your words are ever before me. Verse 99, I have better understanding and deeper insight than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. I think what the writer was saying here was simply this. I can only be taught so much by teachers. But when I get the presence of God involved in the daily operation of my life, then the Holy Spirit can lead me and teach me and guide me into all truth. And where I could just kind of grow a little bit before now, I can grow by leaps and bounds because it's not possible for me to come to church every, every single day. Can't come to church every morning of the week. So you know what you got to do? You got to get in the Word of God. You got to develop a hunger for the Word of God. Got to develop a desire for the Word of God. Let me say it like this. You have to develop a love for the Word of God. And if you love something, you're going to want to spend time with it. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Listen, God's Word will properly align us, just like the law. Properly aligned, the Old Testament Christians, we'll call them Christians, God's Word will properly align us with God. Listen very closely. It'll get our thinking right, which in turn will get our doing right, which results in the prosperous life. It's the Word of God. It's what the Bible says. If we want to live in fullness... If we want to live with joy, if we want to live the prosperous life being full and being whole, then what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get in the Word of God and stay there. Some people said camp out. No, don't camp out. Just move in. Just move in. When you go camping, you always come back home. Make the Word of God your home. Just live in the Word. Just live your life in the Word of God. Let every decision you make be gauged by the Word of God. Let every conversation that you're involved in, unless it's some type of a business type thing or whatever, but let your conversations be mostly centered around the Word of God. Before, before you, before you uh, do anything, just say, Lord, what does your Word say about this? And get, get in the Word and stay in the Word so much that you're not actually going to have to go search it out. Get so much of the Word inside of you. Get so fat on the Word of God, get, get, I mean, just get gordo, you know, get so fat on the Word of God that when those opportunities present themselves, then the Word of God just surfaces and comes out and you automatically know what the Lord wants you to do. Now, Acts chapter 2 and verse 28 says this, You have made known to me the ways of life. You make me full of joy with your countenance. To be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, the Bible said that that tree brings forth his fruit in his season. Well, I tried this and it just didn't work. I tried it for two weeks and it didn't work. I tried it for four weeks and it didn't. I tried tithing, Pastor. I tried it for three months and it wasn't working for me. I tried confessing the word over my situation. I, I tried it for two or three months and it just didn't work for me. I've heard this many times. Well, for some people it seems to work and other people it doesn't. Listen, 
that's farther from the Bible than the Bible said God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't care what color your hair is or if you have any hair. God don't care. All he wants is you to work the word. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants you to take the word of God and put it to work in your life. And in the process of it, you have to understand that God is a seasonal God, that He's always there in every single season. But sometimes there are sowing seasons and sometimes there are pruning seasons and sometimes there are watering seasons and then there are reaping seasons. There are harvest time seasons. And the Bible says this, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Not just any season, in Due season, the season that, that where you start getting the things that are due you because of the seeds that you have sown. The seeds of love, the seeds of kindness, the seeds of peace, the seeds of finance, the seeds of prayer. All of those things, Father, Father, I sow these seeds. I'm trusting and believing in you. So be not weary in well-doing because your season for reaping will eventually get here. Then the Bible said, whose leaf shall not wither. And I believe that's because it's planted by a river of water and it receives constant sustenance, which tells me that in order for this to work, I have to have daily meditation in the Word of God. Did you know that water in the Old Testament is a symbol and a type of the flow of the Holy Spirit? Jesus actually said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water and later in that passage he said this spake he of the spirit speaking of the Holy Spirit and so what he's telling us here is not only do we need to live our life in the Word of God but we need to interact with Holy Spirit we need to live the spirit led life so when the Bible says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water it's saying I'm gonna keep my life I mean metaphorically speaking I'm gonna keep my life planted in a spirit filled and a spirit led place in other words I'm gonna let the Lord move through me I'm gonna let him speak to me I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit be active in my life every single day of my life I don't have to just allow the Holy Spirit to be active on Sundays and on Wednesdays when I come to church but I can allow the Holy Spirit to be active every single day of my life the blessed person has a Holy Ghost hookup in their life the blessed person makes themselves available for the move of God the blessed person develops an appetite for the move of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? They stay planted in that place where the Spirit of God is constantly flowing and they will not allow themselves to be uprooted. Psalms chapter 92 verses 12 through 15 says this. <laughs> the righteous shall flourish like a palm. Let me share this for just a moment. Have you ever thought about this? You can have a hurricane come. You might lose a building, but that palm tree is still going to be there. You know why? Because it might bend all the way over and kiss the ground, but it still stays rooted. Preach, Pastor. It still stays rooted. It's not flighty. It doesn't say, well, there's a storm here. I think what I need to do, I need to, God is leading me here or God is leading me there. No, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, stay rooted, stay grounded. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying hang on to your victory. Hang on to your deliverance. Hang on to the interaction of God in your life. Where God brought you from is not where you should go back to. He advanced you. Put down roots. And when the storm comes, go ahead and bend. Go ahead and twist. Do whatever you want to. But when they look at your feet, they're still in the, oh, what's going on? I don't know, but I'm hanging on there. The winds of adversity are coming and they're blowing and I'm getting hit and all of this, but I will not on Christ the solid rock. I, I stand all other ground is sinking sand. Woo. You know what happens if you stand long enough? The storm ends and the sun comes out again. And when that happens, due season is coming. That palm tree, when it comes time to harvest, will still give up its harvest because it stayed rooted. It stayed grounded. Now, look at this. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now look at verse number 13. He expands on it and tells you what it means. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. What are you going to do with that scripture? I can show you a lot more too. But what are you going to do with that? Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The enemy will take you and he'll try to pull you aside and he'll let a spirit of isolation get on you and then he'll start feeding you lies in your ear and he'll try try and make you think that people are thinking things that never even cross their mind. It's a trick of the enemy. It's a trick of the enemy. No, we draw strength from each other. We need each other. Come on, reach over and give your neighbor a high five and say, I need you and you need me. Come on. We need each other. We need each other. And here's what the Bible says here. Here's what the Bible says. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. How many of you want to flourish? I want to flourish, don't you? I want to flourish. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow myself to be planted in the house of the Lord. I'm, going to, I'm just going to, be, going to be planted here. I mean, this, this is a character thing, you know. What, what I'm going through is going to pass. The trouble's going to pass. The trial's going to pass. The storm is eventually going to go away. The sun's going to shine again. The rain's going to come again. But the sun's also going to shine again. And, and I'm going to be able to experience the brightening of a brand new day. You know, weeping may endure for a night, but, but, but joy comes in the morning. And, and I'm not going to let the enemy take me and defeat me and destroy me and beat me down and discourage me and tell me that this is the end. The devil will tell you that that this is the last nail in your coffin. What you need to do is look at the devil. Well, if it's the last nail in my coffin, we'll just do a resurrection. Here's what what you tell the devil when he says, I'm going to kill you. Say, remember Jesus? That didn't work out very well, did it? Man and his wife and his mother-in-law was on a trip to Israel. 
his mother-in-law passed away. They told him, they said, we can bury her here for $500 in the land of the Bible where Jesus was. Or $5,000 will get her home and you can bury her in your local cemetery. He said, I think we'll just take her home. They said, why would you do that? He said, because here there's a history of people raising from the dead. Woo, Jesus. Somebody get me a shovel. <laughs> I love you, Vic. Number 14. Verse 14. Psalms 92. These people who are planted in the house of the Lord, who flourish in the courts of our God, will bring forth fruit in their old age. And there it is. And they shall be fat and flourishing. Oh, glory to God. I just want to be, come on, tell your neighbor, I want to be fat. I just, come on, tell your neighbor, I want to be fat and flourishing with the Word of God. Come on. I want my spiritual man to be fat and flourishing. I want to have to go through doors sideways. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Verse number 15, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 through 8 says this, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought and neither shall she cease from yielding fruit. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And the promise of that from the word of God is whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Is that the word? Is that what the Bible says? You know, people that are not prospering sometimes have trouble when ministers preach things like this. We're just preaching the word. We're just preaching what the Bible says. We're sharing with you that the Bible says that divine alignment brings and positions us for a place of wholeness in our life where God can work inside of us, where He can fulfill us, where His blessing, where His favor, where His word can grow big inside of us. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, it's our last scripture today. In the NIV, it says this, speaking of prosperity, it says, be strong, very courageous. This was God speaking to Joshua because he was nervous because the anointing that was upon Moses was coming upon him and God was positioning Joshua to be the leader of the children of Israel to lead them into the promised land. He said, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse number 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. 
Meditate on it. That means mutter it, speak it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, let me talk a little bit about meditation before I read the rest of this phrase, this next phrase. When it says to meditate on it day and night, that word meditate means to mutter. If I'm speaking something out of my mouth, it's very difficult for something else to come through my mind. When you are speaking the Word of God out of your mouth, then you are, your concentration and your focus is on the Word of God and the Word of God properly aligns you and it keeps you out of trouble with your mouth. Come on, I'm being a pastor. But I'm telling you right now, sometimes our mouths get us in trouble, don't they? Don't they? You know, like $5,000, we're going to ship her home. You know, sometimes our mouths, sometimes our mouths get us in trouble. trouble. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. Keep the Word of God in your mouth. It is very, very difficult to gossip and to slander and to backbite when you're speaking word out of your mouth. Because those things don't mix, right? They don't mix. And so if I'm speaking the word of God out, then I'm speaking things that are life-giving and the life-giving things that are speaking will drive the death things away. Now, let's continue on here. The Bible says when we do this, then you will be prosperous and successful. This is the word. That's what the Bible says. So in closing today, this passage requires self-examination, doesn't it? We're talking about divine alignment. We're talking if we want to grow in God, first thing we have to do is be lined up right. We've got to be lined up with the word of God. We've got to be planted in the right place where we're getting life-giving word. Now, here's some questions that we need to ask ourselves, and I put them on your little handout there. Here's the hard truth. We need to ask ourselves these questions. Am I experiencing God's success in my life? If not, why not? Quit blaming it on God. Quit blaming it on other people. Preach, pastor. Quit blaming it on circumstances. There's so many people that just get so wrapped up, and I'm just going to, I'm just, you know something? It's not that hasn't worked up to this point. You think you're going to be able to your way into God's blessing in your life? Keep doing what you've always done. You're going to have what you've always had. Got to change the things. Got to start speaking the word. Got to get into the word, which brings joy. And the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. In fact, the Bible calls it joy unspeakable and full of glory. Woo, hallelujah. So am I experiencing God's success in my life? If not, why not? Number two, am I listening to ungodly counsel? How can I discern whether it's ungodly counsel? If it's destructive, it's probably satanic. If it's life-giving, it's probably God. It's real simple. The Word of God is not hard to understand. Living for God is not difficult and easy. It's not difficult. It's, It's easy to understand. Discernment is pretty simple, really. I mean, if it's destructive, it's probably satanic. If it's life-giving, it's Probably God. So am I listening to ungodly counsel? Number three, am I standing in the way of sinners? In other words, am I allowing sinners to have too much influence in my life? Well, pastor, I just want to win my friends to the Lord. The problem is, is they win you back to the bar. They do. They win you back to the bar. They win you back to the party. 
Well, I'm just going in there into a dark place to be a light. You're not free. You're not free. Well, I just don't want them to feel, you know, I don't want them to feel like that I'm snooty and stuff like that. That's pride. Come on. How serious about, are you about living for the Lord? Get around the right kind of people, okay? So am I standing in the way of sinners? Am I allowing sinners to have too much influence on me? Number four, am I scornful? Do I hold disdain in my heart towards anyone? Here's the exciting truth. You can turn everything around. The power to turn your situation around is in your hands. It is. Number one, you've got to listen to godly counsel. Who's a godly counselor? It's someone who has great love for God. It's someone who lives for the Lord. It's someone whose lives reflect the glory and the power and the presence of God. Number two, you've got to hang out with real Christians. Non-fault-finding Christians. You've got to hang out with real Christians. Number three, shun profane and vain babblings propagated by scornful people. Sometimes people are scornful because they want to be you. They can't be. And so they try to take you down. What they don't understand is, on Christ the solid rock I stand. Come on. Oh, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the Word. Grass will wither and the flower may fade. God's word is going to continue on. So, so shun profane and vain babblings propagated by scornful people and delight, start delighting in the Lord. Just delight in the Lord. Delight in Him. Lord, I, I'm going to delight in you today. What I'm going to do, Lord, is I'm going to go through this day and I'm going to find something to thank you God for, for to thank God for every single hour. Think about that. It's pretty easy to do that once or twice a day. But what about taking the challenge? In fact, I challenge you right now. Find something to thank God for every single hour. Lord, I thank you. And you know what? You don't have to like get on your knees and for 15 minutes, Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you. No, no, just driving down the road. Down the road. Lord, I thank you for Chick-fil-A. Mmm. Hallelujah. Pastor Josh has got this down right now. He just goes down the road. Lord, I thank you for Ashley. Oh, Lord, thank you for Ashley. Oh, Lord, I'm over the moon for her, Lord. Thank you for, oh, Jesus. Thank you for Ashley, Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. I kid you not. Ashley was sitting on the other side of my desk, and we were talking, and Nick, Susie was in there, and I was in there, and we were recapping, and this was Friday, and, and he kept calling. Just being a nuisance. He just kept calling. He just constantly calling. She said, I'm going to have to answer this. I said, well, go right ahead. Of course, I didn't know he had kept calling. I would have told her to answer right away. But, but she, and I, I heard him, Ashley. I heard him, I'm on my way home. She got all giddy. <laughs> she said, well, how come you're coming home? How, how come you're, well, uh, and he, he was obviously excited on the other end of the phone. He was excited. He gets to come home, see his new bride, you know, all this kind of, she said, and he said, well, he said, our, uh, what was it, your last uh, customer or something like that was early or something like that, so you guys got off early. You know something? He came home, ate a little bit of pizza this morning. It's the first time I've seen him since. <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Lord, I thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I love those, I love those kids. Keeping his word in your thoughts and in your speech consistently is the other truth that you need in order to be properly aligned and have the right character. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.